Hearts in a Pie podcast with Kyle Colson, Colby Stevens, and Alfie Louder. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of Three Points in a Pie podcast. As always, except for last week, because I'm back. Thank you, Kyle. And uh, our other hosts, Colby and Alfie. And uh, today we are going to hit on, uh, you know, an excellent championship Sunday. Great way to end the season. Uh, We have a special guest on the episode. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming final. And uh, yeah. Um, just have a go at it. So hope you enjoy it and uh, let's get on on the ride. So let's open this all up and talk about the season as a whole for a second, how it came down to what it did. This is probably one of the most epic seasons in history, Premier League. Definitely up there. I mean, it, that, it, it, yeah. there are there are many greats. There are many greats, but this is going to be one I feel that was talked about for a very long time. The fact that two teams had above 90 points at the end of the season, and one of them only won by basically goal differentials. There was there was points, yes, but goal differentials was basically what it was going to come down to. Who in their right mind thought that that was going to happen? I mean, once it got to that point where it was like one over the other and just us kind of like bouncing each other, it, 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 it was like, yeah, that's, that's the way the season's going to end out. But right. Like, I mean, I, I did, I mean, I expected Villa to give us a little bit of something, but like, not like blank us like that for a bit. I mean, ugh. yeah. Well, before we get into, into city. Yeah. Let's talk about Liverpool. I think they deserve a great, great deal of praise because at the end of the day, they did everything in their power to attain what they set out to attain. And it was stifled by a city side that just had more fight that day. One of the things that I I thought was kind of funny to see in the afters was right after Mo Salah scored that third goal, all the supporters that were right there along pitch side were showing the score of the other match. And <laughs> my heart went out to that man yeah. so hard. His face. Because he he did everything he could for that team. I, I, I He put his heart and soul into Liverpool, period. Between him and Sadio Mane, the way everything went with the uh, the AFCON finals, Everything they went through in that time for you know World Cup and stuff, it Jota Diaz. I mean, all those guys it, really just there were there were so many good pieces on that on that squad that it, it's just it, it's 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 too hard to just pass them over and say, oh well, they got two. No, this was a very very and any other season this would have been first place for them. They would have won the Premiership. And considering that they they maintained that challenge with Salah and everyone gone, it, I, I, this is an incredible team squad performance from them. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, what we've seen week in week out. I mean, what like 
we, you know, that you're talking about two of the best teams in the world. And when these two teams are in the same league, you're the, the, the level of football that we get to see between the two of them, each edging each other and what like the performances we're seeing from Liverpool, like, I mean, it's just, it's great football and, you know, weekend, week out. That's what I mean. Like, it's just, it's just great, great football. Uh, I just, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where it's the premier league and Mm -hmm. that one draw, that one, that, that one situation that it's like, man, I just like, maybe, you know, and you just kind of walked away from the match. Like, Oh, it's a long season, blah, blah, blah. But you know, it's just one of those things where when everyone's playing perfectly, those slight imperfections, or what'll bring you down. Yeah. And you know what? I also want to give a bunch of praise to Jurgen Klopp because the way that we have kind of seen in comparison, if we're going, if we're going to compare real quick between the one and the two, the one thing that I will say is if you look at the squads, they have enough depth. City, I feel, has a little bit more. You have to admire how much Jurgen Klopp was able to keep that squad healthy with as much competition as, as they have gone through this season. And as far as they have gone, they have gone through the FA cup, the Carabao, they have gone, they're now in the finals or the final for champions league. And they literally were on the brink of winning the premiership. Yeah, I mean, Kudos to Jürgen. Every game possible, aren't they? Every yeah, game I mean, possible. And, you know, you look at years back and I, I don't know if they've changed something in that, in that system that they're doing now, like with, with their training, with all that. Um, I mean, I assume so, but there's, yeah, there's something that Klopp is doing that in the, in the most more recent couple of years, you're seeing just like a a dramatic change in their resiliency. I I mean, everyone that's not a Liverpool fan, I feel like at some point you're like, man, when is, when is Salah going to go down? When is Mane going to go down? (laughs) Right. Like at least give me like a month or two. (laughs) Well, and I think that speaks a lot on their physios. To be yeah, honest, exactly, exactly. I, I, I think that says a lot about where their medical staff is at this point, because it's 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 honestly because and especially with these these teams that are in more competitions throughout the season, you need that physio staff. Extremely, extremely, because if you're going to keep these players healthy and you want to you constantly want to have your star players in your starting 11, if not in, you know, the total squad for each match. You have to have them not to blow the horn of city right now, but that's why I feel we have been in such good shape. Look at the way, you know, stones and Walker came back. Stones was a knock for the season. Basically they had written him off. So again, kudos to the physio staff, kudos to Jurgen Klopp for a fantastic season. And it's, it's, it's going to be another good one. I mean, it is. I'm, so I'm interested to it. see, I'm interested to see like what, uh, you know, it, and if they do have any transfer dealings, like I haven't really heard anything coming in or out. So we'll see. Um, I mean, the, the money to Bayern thing, but I don't know. I, uh, right before we got on, uh, me and Alfie were having a little chat and something came through on Bleacher Report. Apparently, rumor mill, Mbappe was in talks with Liverpool. And that is out of... Mbappe's mouth. Interesting. Could you imagine? It would have been lovely to see him in a premiership, but I, I, I'm glad he didn't go there. 
Same. <laughs> I really am. I mean, to be fair, I don't really think of him as necessarily like I, I, I think he's a great, excellent quality player, but like, this is like the Neymar stuff. It's like, you know, you're, you're only as good as like the other dudes too. So like until they beef up, like, like, like us, like a center forward position is Bobby out. Who's going to replace Bobby things like mm-hmm. that. You know, their wingers are impeccable, but centrally there's kind of like a, I mean, it's, it's like city playing a false nine. It's like, well, like, yeah, you know, there's something going on there. There's something good going on there, but it's not great. Right. And, and it's not something that's going to last either. Yeah. And you know, we, I haven't really heard of any rumors for that kind of player. And I'm, I've, I've, I'm kind of annoyed by it because I feel like uh, it's it's an uh, like an oversight if they're not going to make that move. But that could just be me as an outsider. Uh, on the props to Liverpool players, I don't know if you watched the post match interview with Robbo, but it was absolute class, and uh, I really I, I'm I've I had a, like a, you know a a big appreciation for the kid, but watching that and here in his class and in, in, his, in his in his voice it was just excellent and cheers man cheers so just to kind of <laughs> <laughs> so kind of just to 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 kick around on the table real quick uh we know where everybody's where everybody's ended at now city one liverpool two chelsea three tottenham four arsenal five united six west ham seven We've now got in place all the teams that are going to Champions League, Europa League, Conference. What do we kind of see right now if we were to take what we have today as stand, as it is, going into next season? Where do you guys see those top seven being at next season? I've got to admit, I can kind of see a similar, a similar table. With with Brighton, the way they've been playing, pending any management shifts, I could see Brighton getting a little more up in there. Maybe even Brentford, honestly, weirdly. Um, but like, you know, there there are some teams that were right outside of seventh that were in that argument, and with a couple <laughs> tweaks, could be right up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that backside, I don't know. Uh, as far as like Tottenham being in Champions League again is interesting because yep. I mean I don't think they're going to win anything. But like, I mean, no offense, Tottenham supporters. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that they're going to be competitive in the Champions League, just like they were a few years ago. I think that that's going to be a little bit of a shakeup in the Champions League, like knockout, maybe like your PSGs or whatever. That would and, be interesting to see. But yeah, I think I think that is going to be an interesting aspect. Um, otherwise, I mean, league-wise, top three... Well, top two, I, I'm pretty sure will be the same. Top three, I think Chelsea could be up there, but Chelsea, I mean, that was also a questionable thing there for a little bit. Right. Well, now that we've had the top bully thing, and I'll, uh, Alfie, I'll let you, I'll let you speak further on this. But now that we've got top bully in place as new owner, I feel like this is going to open up a lot of doors for them as far as what they can do in the transfer. Alfie, you can take this away. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, next season, I think uh, Leicester, I can see them kind of dropping further down the league. I don't think they've had the re- a decent recruitment for the last couple of years. Mm. Um, I think they've been on a slow decline now, basically 
you know, the last two or three years, every time, every season, it's a little bit further, a little bit further down. Um, I think West Ham as well, I think they they punched above their weight a lot of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, if they had gone in relatively hard, at least for another couple of strikers in winter, I think they would have definitely cemented at least six. Same as Wolves. Wolves had a really good first half kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they dropped off. But uh, the rest of the table, I can honestly see uh, Newcastle and Villa putting a lot more pressure on that top six. Yeah. Especially with Villa signing um, Kamara today on a, on a free. Yep. Which I thought was an absolutely amazing piece of business. I'm really surprised. Even like Man United or Arsenal weren't in strong for him for that. Because mm-hmm. both teams are screaming out for like a, a full-on defensive board-winning midfielder. Mm-hmm. With Man United, it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but I think it's going to go either one or two ways. If the players that are there, it's more so what he brings in. If yep. they buy in immediately to his philosophy and he puts his stamp on it, which I get a feeling he's going to because that was the strangest first press conference that I've ever seen out of a manager. It was kind of bizarrely guarded hostile but at the same time there was a lot of intent now yeah a lot of intensity yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again it, it, it's who they bring in I think they're either going to go through a, as you said it's going to be either like a transition season but either way you will see an improvement out of them yeah but out of the rest of the, the table um, I think Palace Vieira's done amazing with them this season but again, that comes down to because a, a big miss for them is going to be Gallagher. It goes to show how many points that they've actually gotten with him in the team as opposed to him out. So he's gonna he's a massive hole to fill. Absolutely. But yeah, the rest of the teams, um, I think Villa and Newcastle um are gonna put well, a lot of pressure on that that top six. Villa and Newcastle are on the rise, so I agree with that. So yeah, I, I mean Again, an amazing season for all teams. Uh, sorry for the ones that are, are going down to the championship. That's not a backhanded comment. I promise you. It just, we'll see you soon. Best of luck. We'll be looking at you from our, from our end. For the next teams coming up, though, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick little break, and we're going to segue into a small segment of city after dark after dark after dark after dark 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 we'll be right back city after dark with Kyle and Colby. All right, guys. Welcome back. This is a segment of City After Dark. We are coming to you after an impressive, impressive, impressive win. Come from behind. Who would have thought? Who would have thought at the end of the season it would come down to this? Two teams. Goal differentials. Campeones. Villa takes two. We said no. Here's three. 
What a match. What a match. I mean, what we got to see, like, out of the... So it was clearly a pet mistake to start. I mean, I, it was a, probably like a, an homage kind of thing, a head nod to Fernandino to give him that start. Sure. But like that to make that change at the half and like swap everyone around, you're clearly saying something. But like and then once that change happened, it was like you, you saw all of the gears that were kind of slipping hit right into place. And then Gundo came on and it was like, OK. FDA. All right. So right there, right there is where I'm going to go with this. In the post-interview, he was, Pep was asked, do you think that this is one of the greatest substitutions, if not the greatest substitution of your career or in, in Premier League history? As it stands today, that was probably the best thing that could have happened for that whole entire match. Yeah. He's... Uh... If he goes this summer, it really will crush me. Like, please don't talk about it. (laughs) Like, it's one of my it's one of my things when I buy shirts. Like, when I buy the new when I buy the New Year's shirts, I I try to pick out signings that I like find interesting. And Gundo, I was like off the bat before like before I think you could even get his shirt. Like, I was like, I'm getting his shirt Um, because it was just like I I I had seen like him playing with Dortmund and Champions League and stuff like that, and it was just like that guy. And then his knee happened. It was like even still, like he's young enough, like he'll snap back. We'll see. And he did. And it and his his career with City has just been, other than that other injury. But then you know it's just Mm -hmm. been. I I hope he does not leave. I I hope he doesn't leave either. Either way, you're a blue to us forever. Forever and ever, forever and ever. I, I have, I have to say this. I, I have to. I, I feel, I feel almost like it's the elephant in the room. But tell me, this doesn't feel, or it didn't almost feel, like the Cunaguero goal against QPR. Oh, I mean, as gutted as all of us were at the two yes. nil, like it. I mean, I I went up after the match and like told my wife what would happen and stuff. And she was like, yeah, I know. I heard you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was just like, like I, I'm screaming at the TV. Like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, I, I no way. Like, it was just, oh, I, you know, just absolute from, from zero to a thousand. And yeah, oh, man, the emotion was. I was traveling to my son's flag football game. I was in the middle of West Virginia, <laughs> could barely get service, and the third goal went in. And I actually, I think I was texting you at the time, right? Yeah. And I had just gotten it on my phone, and the third third goal had gone in. I literally had to roll my window down in the middle of Panhandle, West Virginia, screamed as loud as I could. That was. I, I I cannot think of a better ending to the season. I cannot think of a better ending. If he does, I hope he doesn't. There's, there's no better send off than that for Gundogan. And yeah, I mean, when you, you, you know, like as soon as the whistle goes, Pep's crying. Crying, yeah. Then oh. then like Zinchenko with the flag and like yeah. him. I was just like, oh my God, like I'm trying not to be emotional. Right. <laughs> right. Was yanking it out of me it's that was a truly emotional emotional ending for both sides uh liverpool and city 
So I just, I just got to leave it with this one thing. Campiones, campiones, ole, ole, campiones, campiones, ole, ole, ole. And that's as far as we'll go. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to our small segment of City After Dark. We'll be right back after this message. All right, guys, welcome back. We have a very special guest who has decided to come on and speak with us. Her name's Heidi. She is very, very much a Leeds United supporter. um, And she's very rooted into the Leeds community. Uh, So we wanted to bring her on. So, hey, Heidi, we kind of just want to ask you, a quick couple of questions on on leads um first of all we want to get your entire thought on how the season has gone how the season's gone well mm-hmm. i think our injuries has been the worst injury situation at the club that i i've ever mm-hmm. known and i've i've supported leads for about uh, 50 years so i don't think i've ever known it be as bad as what it has been we've had the spine of the team out for a heck of a long time which mm-hmm. has impacted on performances and everything else and results. But I was always confident that when they came back into the team, that we would be fine. And so, you know, it was a big, big shock still when they sacked Bielsa because I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Even, even though, yes, I know the results weren't great, but I still wasn't expecting to happen what happened. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, my immediate thoughts were going down and I've not thought about it up till then because I honestly thought when these players came back into the team, we'd get enough points to stay up anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, 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 you made the, the comment about Bielsa. Yeah. Do you think that they had the right to do what they did with him considering his tenure? Well, it's that, you know, we, at the end of the day, I've no... I can't make those decisions. It's it's not up to me. So you know, I think uh, the response I got from the fans was actually unexpected. I don't think they thought they'd get that support. But yeah. it's like I say, it's he brought more than just he, he connected the city. He connected the fans. He got what being Leeds was all about. Right. I love the humility of the man. I love the honesty, and and there's everything else about him that. He connected and he connected with us. That's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, as far as I understand, I mean, that's that's huge in the communities uh, over there. You know, it, speaking on Americans and, and, and football over here, it's the sense of community isn't isn't anywhere near what you guys have over there, um, whether it's a premiership club, a championship club, a League One club, just that sense of community. And the fact that he he was able to tie uh, the city together like that and and then having to have somebody step in whom you wouldn't think would be able to handle the pressure be able to handle what the premiership is it's it's, it's a really wild wild thing for me to see just because again from the american's perspective yeah. I, I, I think it's beautiful i absolutely think it's beautiful now with what you said what are your feelings on Mr. Jesse Marsh and how he's taken over 
do you think that he has the club going in the right direction or do you feel that there's going to be a lot more work going in the next season for him? There's got to be a lot of work because the football hasn't been pretty. I mean, when we were mm. at Wolves, honestly, at half-time, we all thought we are down. It was horrendous mm-hmm. that first half. And we just looked at each other and thought, there's no chance here. And I still think that when, when Melier went off, I just knew that the team were going to respond and protect Clayson when he came on. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that's when the battling started. And that was the turning point. Not the fact they'd gone down to 10 men. It's the fact that we started to battle as a team. And it, it paid off. So, you know... Like anything, there's ups and downs. It's not been perfect by a long means. But, you know, when we started getting some points together, I thought, I, looked, I, I don't bother looking at league tables, really. I just, I don't look for other results or anything. I just concentrate on leads. And it's a, a good coping mechanism because you don't panic then, really, what's going on around you. <laughs> but, you know, we've, we've got 11 points. And uh, I, I looked at the table expecting us to have gone up and we were still in the same place. And we were like, oh, oh okay. so, so that was a bit of a shock, really. You know, and like I say, I don't take no notice of it. So I just concentrate on following leads and just see how we play and what points we get and everything else. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there, there is a lot of work to do. There definitely is. Um, I mean, at the moment, we don't know if we are going to still lose Rafinha and Phillips. I hope they would both stay. After seeing Rafinha's response by jumping in crowd yesterday, that would just, you know, the celebrations at the end of that game uh-huh. with the team, you know, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. You know? um, him, him dragging his knees from one end of the pitch to the other, Man, my, I was just watching him do it uh, a couple hours earlier, and my <laughs> thighs started burning watching that. <laughs> well, he, he wasn't the only one praying. <laughs> we came out of the pub, and I, I, I'm going, please, somebody up there, please make it happen. <laughs> so, you see, he it wasn't the only one. So I, I know exactly where he's coming from. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, because that's it. We just thought for crying out loud, cat, it just going our favor for once in our lives because we're so used to it just kicking us in teeth. And you know, it's not the first time we've been in this situation, you know, but mm-hmm. it's the first time it's actually gone in our it's gone our way, really. I think, you know, yeah. or if it's not, it's for a long, long time, you, you tend to forget what's gone on in the past, but uh, it mm. would be nice for it to, to just go for us. And you know, seeing the euphoria and the atmosphere was just electric, and, mm-hmm. and just everybody being so happy, and and we're all on the same wavelength. You know, it yeah. meant so much to everybody, and the amount of people who were so ill because they were just so worked up about it all. So hopefully, the nerves will have all calmed down a bit now. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. I, I mean, it's still. I would be if that was me. I would still just be like prancing around everywhere like we made it yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well that's it keep singing away and dig here and there it, it it certainly boosts your mood there's no doubt about it you know it's just it's wonderful feelings isn't it i know we haven't won anything but it it felt like yeah the greatest escape as people kept saying and, and it did feel like that because there was it was out of our 
it was out of our hands. We couldn't, it wasn't up to us what we did. It was the case of Burnley was still above us on goal difference. So we had to better whatever they did. I know a Brentford fan was keeping us up, updated with the score next to us. But then, you know, they were trying to say they'd score the second one at uh, Burnley. So everybody thinking, oh, that's it. We're down at bottom. We're still in the bottom three. But until that final whistle blew at both once, and I thought, well, how do we know when the whistle's blown at Burnley? Right. And uh, as soon as the whistle blew for us, all our young squad died <laughs> on the pitch. We all started running. We knew, we knew then that we were, we were safe. Oh, so that we just just lovely to see, just lovely feelings and we, we deserve it. We, we yes. have to take that much uh, rubbish on there over the years. So it's actually nice to just experience that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, why I feel like this game is such a beautiful one because it, it really, in, in, in instances like that, especially with the way just this entire season has gone for every club uh, in the top 20, it's, it's been a wild, wild, wild ride. And, and, and to be able to be at that end of it, like, you know, you're, you don't know which way it's going to go. You only have, you know, the confidence that you have in your squad to be able to do what they're supposed to do for that day and make sure they get through and to have it done. is just like, it has to, it's monumental. It has to feel monumental. So. I mean, the thing is when the fans and the players are on the same page, you know, and that's where we've got, that's, you know, the one thing you can credit Bielsa for mm-hmm. is bringing all that back to get back together again as well. You know, they, they, they just performed out of this world. People who the year before couldn't mm-hmm. do what they ended up doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was beautiful. And, you know, we're lucky that we've actually had that. And I don't want to lose that. That, that was the thing that hurt when he went. Mm-hmm. That we didn't get the chance to say goodbye as well. I think yeah. that that's the one. So if if it had been handled differently as well, I think uh, it been people would would have accepted it more. I would say. I I think I agree with that. So with your current with your current team, what who are your thoughts on who will stay and who will go? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, well, better yet, let's ask you who you would want to stay and who you would want to go. I, I mean, I, I won't say there's anybody I say that won't say out of the door. Mm-hmm. They've, they've got they've got to prove themselves. They've just got to, you know, like I say, they've got to fight, keep fighting till the final whistle. They've got to play for the shirt. They've got to play for themselves, and they've got to play for his fans. You know, that showed again yesterday. They didn't they never say die attitude and. You know, everybody seems to be wanting the same thing. So mm-hmm. we just need, we need strength in depth. That's the one thing we have lacked okay. because of the long-term injuries. Mm-hmm. Now, last year, you see, we got rid of Berardi, Alioski and Hernandez. Mm-hmm. To me, we'd have been better off keeping them for squad depth. So what we ended up doing, we depleted the squads so much that, Yes, with the youngsters coming in, but we didn't have that depth. Them three players could have given us that might have sort of kept us just that that little bit further up, sort of thing. But uh, obviously, we'll never know if 
if it would have worked like that. But I certainly would have kept them three last last year for the squad depth. That's the thing. I don't want to deplete the squad too much again now, so that you're in the same position going forward. And I think that's the that's just a concern that you don't don't want to just say right, get rid of this one, this one, this one, and then you're only replacing like for like, and you still right. haven't got that squad depth. I think that that that's just that's the way I look at it. We, it's it's all right having small squads and everything else. Mm-hmm. I think that's still we're still going that way. You know, it wasn't all down to Bielsa. It's the club stance that it's a small squad with under twenty threes, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But you still you can't have it so small that it couldn't function. But, and it was unprecedented. No, you know. With the, with the injury situation, I don't, don't think anybody foresaw that, and um, mm-hmm. and it's the fact that we're out for a long, long time. These players that we relied on, it wasn't just a case of an injury here a week and then they came back the following week. They were out for months, and that made a heck of a difference to mm. how we could play. That is a, that was a fantastic answer because depth is definitely what I see from my perspective on leads and especially with some of the mid table teams, it's, it's the one thing that everybody's missing. It's just a little bit more depth. I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, I'm all, for, I'm all for bringing in the youngsters as well, mm-hmm. but you know, we've still got to have a, a main squad so that, you know, you can fit to a, a two, three maximum minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, just to nurture them through. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see, I mean, I was brought up with the best team ever with Don Revy's team and Billy Bremner and everybody. They were all young kids. They all they all grew up together. Mm-hmm. And we started watching them everywhere in that period. That's, uh, you know, I went seven years without missing a game home and away and went abroad to see them play. So I'm lucky. Wow. I'm, I'm privileged I've seen the best. And, and that's yeah. something that, you know, that's why we're still here today. And they were all brought up around Bobby Collins. He was the older person in the team. But mm-hmm. we brought all the youngsters through at the same time and they all thrived. I think the game is different to what we put up with then. But yeah, we saw some fantastic football back then. But you look mm-hmm. at what they played on. They played on mud baths. It wasn't pristine like <laughs> yeah. that today. You know, you'd be, you'd be lucky to see a blade of grass. So, <laughs> you know, you start looking at what they, how they performed in those days, but they still had so much skill. But you were up against a heck of a lot of talented players in them days. And, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't for the faint hearted. And that's it. They got stuck in and took no prisoners. But you had right. to play hard because if you didn't do it back to them, they'd do it to you. So you had, you know, <laughs> it was survival basically. But yeah. we could play some fantastic stuff, and yet we still got the dirty weeds tag, you know. But uh, other other players, other teams had hard players as well. But you know, it's only us who got the dirty weeds tag. But there you go. Mm. <laughs> Alfie, you got anything to add to this, bud? If if you can get a bit of squad depth in. You you feeling good about going into next season now that you're kind of riding the, a bubble of optimism as opposed to, you know, what there was before for them couple of months of all the uncertainty? Well, the thing is, I mean, 
when I've always said you aim for the top because you aim for the top and yes there's no you, you know you're not going to get champion you know first first places real realistically but you aim for the top then you've got the European places below then you've got mid-table if you aim for 17th which is what we seem to have done in the end I don't know how why whatever but that's what <laughs> it feels you aim for 17 all you've got is relegation places below you we have got to be able to aim for higher in the table and you know I don't want to just be floating around at the bottom just going as a yo-yo club I want to see us challenging who we get because I'd I'll be honest, I've no idea about any other players. I've no no idea. I know the same, we've got the Salmonson as agreed terms or, um, from Leipzig or whatever, but we'll find out in due course. But mm-hmm. I don't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about majority of players these days. Because like I say, I, I just concentrate on leads. So it's only when we come up against them, I go, oh, that's him, is it? All right, okay. <laughs> and there's so many players out there at this point, you know, it's kind of hard to figure out which one should come where sometimes like I find myself, I'm looking around at all the different leagues and I'm like, well, who would fit here? Who would fit there? I don't know. There's so many players. You, you have, you're thinking about the main leagues, Premier League, Liga, Ligue, uh, Bundesliga. That's where most of our players come, our La Liga. That's where most of our players come from. And that's a lot to keep up with. So I feel you on that. So many rumours as well. So many rumours so too. Many rumors. Yeah, well, the thing is, we've had so, too many players who didn't won't perform, won't play for the fans, they didn't give a damn, and they didn't play for the shirt. And that they're no good. Don't bother. Mm. If, you're not, if you're not going to play for Leeds United and play for us, right. um, don't bother coming. It's a, it's a waste of time, mm-hmm. you know. We, we want those who actually care about playing and want to do the best. And that's the one thing we have got. with We saw it with the players yesterday and, and us with the fans. And like I said, Rafinha and the fans, it was just brilliant. It was just, that, and that's how I, I want it to be. I've still got that rapport with the players from the 70s. Mm-hmm. You can just go talk to them. I was at an, a legend studio the other week and they've got Mick Jones and Alan Clark there. We're having a right good chat, just like this. <laughs> how, how, you know, how many players can you really do with that, that with this, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we built up that relationship with them because that's one thing Don Revy was big on, you know. We'd have a supporters club do. The players would come and join. you just mix with them. You'd have a laugh and a joke and just, you know, just treated them like anything else, you know. Right. <laughs> we idolized them, and that's it. We still idolize them, but yeah. you still have that respect in all of them as well. As mm-hmm. much as you just treat them just like this now, just have a chat, whatever. <laughs> right, right. Like they come over for Sunday dinner, like regularly. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> oh man, Alfie, do you have any more questions? I, I feel like I've. Uh... I've given my, my hard questions that I wanted to ask. I suppose um, I, I just talk about anything and everything. And it, goes, I mean, it goes off on a tangent. There's nothing ever, you know, it's never down with straight stuff to go like this to get to. Right. I the only was- thing I would ask is uh, with, with Jesse Mars, he's definitely like a, a man of passion. It does seem like with him coming in, he, it, it was a hard task taking over from Beasley purely because it, it, he has so much love there. Do you think with the passion that he brings, he's going to help kind of carry on that into next season with 
buying into the community and what Leeds is more of a I connection mean, the thing is when it when he first came I said he talks the talk we've got to see if he can walk the walk but it's over it's not just over a few games I think you've got to watch how it goes for the longer the longer term and like I don't you know I didn't know anything about him before he came you just mm -hmm. read and everything else what other people are saying and uh at the moment, you know, things seem to be going okay and we're off in the right direction. And I just hope that we do go in the right direction. But it's early, it's all early days. And like I say, it, I've no idea who's going to come in. I I, own, I only make my judgments by what I see on the pitch. I don't right. prejudge anybody and I don't, uh, you know, I will watch what goes on and then I'll decide on the day, you know, well, if we were rubbish, we were rubbish, you know, and, Mm -hmm. I'll hold my hands up and you know I'm always honest about everything so uh, you know I just hope that things are going to go in the right direction mm -hmm. you don't want anything else you know what I don't want is to suddenly find 10, 10 games down the line you get players in and then somebody else has to come in because they don't they've decided don't like what's happening or you know we're not going in the right direction right. and and you're starting again and again and again I'm a firm believer in the fact that you have to let the system work itself out. Mm -hmm. I, there's been, a, I see this a lot and it's not just in, in football, it's in other sports where, you know, a, a coach or a new manager comes in or they, you know, they wipe out the entire front office and they bring in all these people and they think they're going to help and uh, aid the team and making them better and stuff like that. And then next season they're doing it again. Prime example, American football, the Cleveland Browns. They went 18 years after having been out of the NFL for a period of time, 18 years of switching a quarterback every, every year of switching their coaches, never having establishing a system. And I start, I'm starting to see that more and more over on this side. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You, you haven't even let it happen yet, you know, especially, and this even goes as far as in going into players, new players that come into squads, you have to give them a chance to fit into a system. The thing is it's continuity and I think that's the thing you, and you know I was realistic to know it wasn't going to happen overnight things weren't going to happen overnight we were going to you've got to set the rough with the smooth because you knew there was a reason for things being bad because you were missing all these key players mm -hmm. I always knew it'd be fine afterwards that you know in my mind it, it was fine and the whole point of what our system, we've got our director of football, Alter, he goes out and gets the players for whichever system you've got. So mm -hmm. effectively, all this talk, we're going to get this, that and the other players, he's only going to get it to fit the system because if anything happens to change March now, it won't be start, you, you know, they said they want it that you don't have to start again every time. So mm -hmm. how it works, I've no idea. Like right. I say, you can only make your judgments by what, what you see. But um, all this talk about we're going to go get this, 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 this one, I thought, well, I'll wait and see. It, it's pointless worrying about what might not happen. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, you know, hopefully whatever does happen, it's, again, mm -hmm. it's going to be for the best for the club and we're going to move forward because... We need to be going up that way, not that way. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Heidi. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and speaking with us. 
Um, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Always love meeting new people. We'll be rooting for you next year. I know I will be, especially for Mr. Jesse Marsh. You guys are, I, I think you're on an upward trend, so. Yeah, like I say, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. And I think that's what we've got to do. We've just got to be positive and um, see where we're heading again. But Absolutely. Ho- hopefully that injury situation will never, ever raise its head like it's <laughs> in this last year. You know, it's like anything. Nobody can guarantee anything from injury points of view. <laughs> Not at all. Injuries with some of them and that's it. Mm. Uh, we will see. All right. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully everything's uh, okay. But like I say, I didn't want to jinx anything the other day. This is it. I, <laughs> I just get no. I can't say that because I might jinx it. And <laughs> somebody else was on a radio interview this morning with me, and she was on about I didn't want to jinx it. And I thought, wasn't well, it funny? I was exactly the same. But that's what Don Revian's superstitions did to you. Mm-hmm. You, you got that. Yeah. <laughs> My, my scarf never got washed in the 29 match unbeaten run in the 70s, you see, because if I'd have washed it, we'd have lost. And, yeah. <laughs> I understand that so <laughs> I understand that so well. All right, Heidi. Well, again, thank you for coming on and speaking with us about Leeds and uh, continue to tune into us and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Kyle, that was a dramatic last day. Yeah, I mean, obviously we saw with the top, but, you know, at the bottom, there was a whole other thing going on. Cheers, Heidi. Thank you for, uh, you know, being on. And uh, cheers to Leeds, you know, staying up. Uh, it was it was a good day for them in Brentford, not so much for Brentford. Uh, right. I mean, you know, <laughs> kind of inconsequential as everything turns out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, in Turf Moor, not such a great day. I, I, I have to address this too. Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh took a team after Bielsa. Didn't really know where that direction was going to go. Everybody was questioning it. What he did over the course of the rest of the season was tremendous in my in my eyes. And Maybe that's coming from my American perspective because even I did not really have as much faith in it. Just had a lot of hope. Just had a lot of hope that he was going to do something good for this club, and he did. It's amazing to me where they where they just were. The fact that they've escaped the relegation and they did it in, again, dramatic fashion. Yeah, I mean, that that's a tough Brentford side. We've, we've seen them go, you know, fisticuffs you know round for round with a lot of different big teams and Mm -hmm. and finish out on top and you know to to go out like you know i mean it says everything about the heart and uh you know the the culture that he's instilling within those players that they bought in that quickly yeah and we'll continue to buy in hopefully going into next season now, I do want to touch a little bit on Brentford just because, you know, Erickson, like, do you think he's going to stay or do you think Tottenham, do you think United? Honestly, with as much as I've seen on Erickson, I don't think he's going to stay. It's just, it's almost, I feel like every two or three days I see something about him. So I feel like that might heat up um, now that the season's over and the transfer window is about to open. Um, 
I think he's probably going to be one of the more noted on uh, potentials somewhere. I, I haven't really like dug too much into, I know that there have been a lot of interviews with him about it, um, mm-hmm. but I haven't really dug too much into that, but I, I like, I, I, I am interested to know, like if, if he would even turn down those sides in the state they're in um, just to continue working with a club that's on the rise, that's, you know, like ticking and ticking upwards and with a little bit more money going into next season, who knows, you know? I think that'd be a cool thing for Christensen to do. I don't know if that'd be a great thing for his career, but. Who's to say, I mean, it's this, this I, just to, just to now go into next season. Here we are. 2021, 22 is done. We're going into 22, 23. There's just going to be a hell of a lot of change. This transfer window is going to be a fun one to watch. We shall see. I mean, end we of the day. See. Uh, yeah, back uh, leads. Leads. Glad you're staying with us, and I can't wait to see what what comes next season. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, big thank you to Heidi for coming on and supporting uh, this um, and being a part of it. That that means a lot to us, um, and we wish you well. Uh, and going into next season, and again, like we said, we wish leads the best. Well, guys, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you, Heidi, again. I don't know how many times we can thank you, but seriously, thank you. We appreciate the love. We're going to keep it up through, you know, transfers and stuff. So keep listening. And, you know, just a couple months around the corner for all the the fun to start right back up. So you guys have a good one. And, uh, yeah, cheers. Cheers. All right. And with that, make sure you go tell your mama, tell your friends, tell your auntie. Tell your uncle, tell your uncle's friends, tell his biker friends. I don't care. Just tell somebody until then. We'll see you next time. Let's blow the roof. I scratch the sun. I walk away. I better run. And I need to know if you're feeling fine. Cause I'm feeling numb. We got a city to run. So let's blow the roof. Scratch the sun. I walk away. I better run. And I need to know if you're feeling fine. Cause I'm feeling numb. We got a city to run. So let's blow the roof.